0: It's time for something different, for a new approach to photography podcasts, and this is where Adventures in Aperture comes in. My name is Matty, and every episode I'm going to talk to one inspiring image maker about their photography or videography adventure. Whether it's a one-off project or part of a journey, we'll dig deep to understand what motivates and drives these creative individuals, and what lessons they've picked up along the way. This episode, I'm talking to one of the most positive and kind photographers I've ever met. Stuart Bywater is based in London and has grown an impressive reputation for his portraiture work with film and stage actors and other creatives in the world of arts. So, Stuart, thanks for joining me. Full disclosure, you and I have known each other a long time when we worked on photography magazines together, but you have done a lot since there. So, um, can you... Sort of tell us in your own words, you know, um, who you are, what you do, because actually your photography is is such an interesting genre.
1: Oh uh, well, thanks. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, and um, yeah, I guess well, my name's Stuart Bywater. I would probably describe myself as a portrait and fine art photographer. Um, fine art, maybe a in version of commerce, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think mainly, like, say, so, um, for money, mainly portraits. And then um, I've spent, like, the last probably seven years working on these two, like, big um, fine art projects. That uh, It's it's a lot harder than I thought. You know, it's like, um, I thought, you know, you just do it and then exhibit it and then it's done. But it's, there's a lot more that goes into it. So it's like, a, yeah, I'm still working on this.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I, I thought you'd be great for the podcast because... As I said, you work in a genre that from from the outside looks quite closed off and quite inaccessible because you actually work with quite a lot of um, film actors, stage actors, models, um, people really that we describe as in the arts world. And I, I wondered how you made that transition because a lot of that is to do with access, isn't it? So how did you make this transition and, and get into this world?
1: Well, I guess um, yeah. I um, I think you know, um, as you know, like when I when I left um, magazines, I went to work in television for a bit. Um, and um, on those shows, I was meeting, you know, I actually, um, I was I was living with quite fabulous people at the time who were very well connected in that world, anyway. Um, and um, and then uh, sort of working in TV, I met a lot of actors and kind of uh, really interesting people. I, I felt very lucky, you know, to to have been able to do all that and to sort of travel around and meet them and um, uh, sort of all over the world, really. Um, and, um, yeah, sort of you just, I don't know, you just sort of um, occasionally, you'll sort of click with people. And um, and the, because I was taking the photos on the shows I was working on as well, I kind of um, occasionally, like, sort of people would say, oh, would you like to come and shoot me for this? Or do you want to do, do a portrait shoot or something? And, and of course, I, I was really excited to do it. Um, and then I suppose really with the actors, it started, I was working on some feature films and then I kind of made friends with the actors I was working with on those. Um, and then, you know, you do a shoot with them and, and then their friends like it and then they come to you and ask you to, to do a shoot with them and their agents start messaging you and sending you people and stuff. So it kind of happened very organically, really. I didn't, you know, I never really was looking for it, but it, it just happened. And um, and I and I love it. I really love shooting, especially with actors. I, I think they're... Um, it's, you know, they can have fun with the directions and stuff, and they're always quite, kind of uh, willing to try silly things, and that kind
0: of thing. Amazing. Um, and what what are the challenges of, of working around those people that you simply wouldn't get with, say, you know, a normal model you book for a shoot? What, what what considerations do you have to sort of take on board? What other benefits do, I mean, you mentioned about they're already sort of good at taking direction, but what are the challenges that you, you see, you've come across working with these sorts of people?
1: Well, I personally I think that they're kind of easier to work with than anyone else I've ever worked with. You know, um, they, I, I tend to find that the more successful they are, that you know, the ones that I know who do really really well tend to be actually very nice people, and like uh, the ego is not normally anything like what you'd think it is. You know, they're normally just really kind and grateful if you're if you're a nice person too. Um, so actually, I, I find that that is. Um, it's just a joy really there's not really a challenge there I suppose the one thing that I always do when I'm shooting is that um and it doesn't matter who I'm shooting or what I'm shooting but I always promise people that you know I'll never share any pictures without their written permission um and I just want to make sure that everyone's completely happy with everything um and uh, especially because I do quite a lot of sort of nude fine art stuff with them and it's you know the kind of thing where if you get it wrong you could in their career and your own so it's just really important to sort of have that basic level of respect and just just to make sure everyone's happy with every stage of the process you know
0: absolutely and I mean this is one area I wanted to cover because um anyone who knows you Stuart knows you're probably like the nicest like literally the nicest guy in photography and oh my god <laughs> the thing is though this is my question I mean you and I know that photography can be quite a brutal competitive worlds how do you yeah (laughs) how how do you keep your sort of zen and your karma in check and 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 stay so nice when you know photography the the world itself isn't always like that
1: it's true I mean I I definitely struggle so like I do I get down about it quite I mean quite a lot (laughs) but um I think um I think the the thing is like if the world's full of like badness and like uh, ruthless people and stuff, um, I think a lot about this, you know. And I, I think you know it's. I just don't want to put that back into it, you know. I just want to put like love and and kindness and a bit of joy back into the world, and it's um, it's a struggle, you know. But um, but I just I really like people. I just I don't know why, but I really love people, you know. Like, um, despite all the, uh, you know, there's been a lot of um, kind of a uh, especially like um in the photography world now because i i reckon when we started you know all those years ago that photographers were quite supportive of each other i don't know if you agree but um yeah you know the ones that we worked with at the magazine they all kind of had each other's backs and they shared each other's work and they were very um, supportive of each other but i i do feel that on the whole that's that's not the case anymore and that's um uh, it's kind of every man for himself you know and i I don't really think that's it's not um it's not as nice as it used to be but I, I think at the end of the day all the competitiveness and people like copying your work and stuff it just kind of drives you to um always try and come up with new things and um and, and to push yourself to do better work you know and to um and to and to stay connected with the people you've shot with and and you know just to just to be a, a, a decent person and someone they want to come back to you know.
0: so it's about relationships isn't it it's about um networking connections and relationships because you might want to shoot you know an actor at the very start of their you know journey when maybe they've you know just signed an agent just done their first um body of work but then also yeah. a year later two years later however down the line you might want to get the opportunity to shoot those people again when they're making you know huge things and and that helps both of you you help them at the start but then they help you further along down the road
1: that's that's kind of the dream scenario you know it's um um and quite often it does happen and and you know there's a lot of people i would say that that's definitely been the case with. Um the problem is that when people start doing well they tend to um get sort of publicists and um uh kind of drawn in by uh the, the magazines might have their own photographers that they use or the publicist might have a relationship with a photographer and then they don't the actors don't really have that much say in um who they can work with until they reach like a real like the top level, you know. Um so yeah, I do I love to kind of carry on supporting people and, and to kind of have their support. Um and I think like on the whole, most people most of the actors would love to do that too. But I just think there's kind of a middle stage in the career where they don't really have too much choice. Yeah. Um but um but yeah, sometimes I'm the choice anyway. So that, that's that's
0: always nice, you know? Good. Well, I mean, obviously, as I said, you know, you're a very interactive person, you sort of build relationships really well with people, but obviously we've just been through lockdown and that was <laughs> a period of time when you couldn't um be in the same room in, in, in the studio with um an actor or a model. But you found quite a sort of novel way around this, didn't you? Can you tell me a bit about your, your lockdown projects?
1: Uh, so yeah, I I was um, I completely isolated for for fifteen months with my with my dad in Lincolnshire. So um, I, after I quite enjoyed the first month. I've got to admit, I, I know it's bad to say that, <laughs> but um, but it was just nice to kind of have a break and not to have to do anything and to have a chance to catch up with all the editing, which is always like a big problem for me. You know? um, uh, and then I started to see people talking about Zoom. This uh, like kind of video chat um software and um people were sort of ha- having all these like zoom meetings with their friends and stuff and um and i just thought well if the if everyone's doing this video stuff like there must be a way of um using it creatively it's visual you know and that's what i do and like um and and so i asked him um, i can't remember who i i, I do remember i so I, I asked a a ballerina friend of mine who's also a fantastic artist called Soleil um if she wanted to try and do like a shoot over Zoom, and then um, she only had this like tiny, tiny room, but with really nice natural light and a kind of mattress on the floor. Um, and uh, yeah, I got her to a, I got kind of directed where she put her phone, like using the back camera, you know, the, the higher quality camera. Yes, um, <laughs> and then I, I sort of really micro directed her as well. And uh, I just, initially, I was trying to shoot the screen with my camera, but um, thinking it would be better quality, like we could blow the shots off and stuff, but um. In the end, it was just easier to take screenshots. <laughs> but um so yeah, I did I did that shoot with her and it was um it was I was amazed like how well it worked. The shots were very small, you know, they're not really um very high quality, but they look really good on on Instagram, which was kind of what everyone was looking at over lockdown anyway. Um and so that, that I kind of really enjoyed it, and she really enjoyed it. And so I, I sort of reached out to a few other friends, like some of the acts I know and other friends, and um yeah, and I pretty much did like almost, I'd say like probably like four or five shoots every week for the whole of the 15 months that I was uh, locked down with my dad.
0: That's amazing. And, you know, that, you know, talk about the results being used on social media, but also as well, I guess the other benefit was it kept your creative juices flowing in, in, in a period of time when, you know, you, you, you weren't able to sort of operate as normal.
1: It was a godsend. I, you know, I was. I think it kept me uh, from going a bit nuts, to be honest. And just to have that human contact, even though it's not in person, it was still like you know, it feels just as real, you know, in that situation. So, so yeah, I was super grateful for um, just for all the people who were like willing to give me that time and to try this new thing with me and um, and to kind of get into it and 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 to, and to be able to sort of take the directions virtually. I think is a real like skill. That, um, you know, I, I was kind of amazed how well it worked, and the, and the, and the, how brilliant all the people were that I shot with you.
0: Know. Amazing. Um, well, t- t- tell me about one of your other projects as well, because this one's a bit more out there. Um, and this is the mil- <laughs> this is the milk project. And I mean, you're very good at people, but I can only imagine the start of the conversation you have with these people when you say, basically, I want to cover you in milk.
1: <laughs> well, I do try and word it slightly differently. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, tell me about. it. Not- well, it's it's called Milk Milk and it was just going to be called Milk, but obviously there's a um, hundred magazines and things called Milk already. So I just thought um, the word Milk is Swedish for milk. Um, and I just think it sounds really nice. So I kind of just added it onto the end. Um, and essentially, so basically, the it's I've shot a lot of people for this. I've shot probably like three or four hundred people for it now, um, including like huge actors, like kind of Really cool, like michelin style chefs, like um, you know tattoo artists, all kinds of people. And um, but basically the concept. So essentially, if you look at it, it basically looks like people in, a, in what looks like a bottle of milk. Um, but the concept for me is uh, like kind of as fully grown, well-educated adults, we can look at um, exactly the same thing and see it in a very different way. Um, and I think milk illustrates this really well. Because uh, some people see it as sort of very wholesome and pure and nutritious and healthy and uh, good, innocent, you know, and other people see it as the embodiment of all the evils of the capitalist world and kind of um, representing animal cruelty and that kind of thing. So, um, so I thought as a, as a, as this a kind of background, it's really great because people already have a very strong opinion about it before you um, before you even put the subject in. Um, and then the other thing about it is that. Um, it's a really even like very fair background because it's like exactly the same lighting pretty much exactly the same situation for every person so they just stand out for like who they are how they feel on the day and like how they look basically um so i think it's like just a great celebration of people and it just makes them really stand out and uh, in a way in however way they want you know um i kind of direct them but always like within their comfort zone and um and it just, like, people can do whatever they like, really, within, like, you know, the law. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I just think it's, like, a great celebration of um, all these amazing people that I know.
0: So, actually, looking through the images, one thing that strikes me is, and you touched on it there, is the milk actually becomes quite secondary to the the model and or the subject and, and their character. You, you have, a, you know, a great ability of... You know allowing this the subject's character to come to the fore and and that to be the main point of interest rather than bizarrely this 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 bath of milk
1: yeah i I agree I mean I think it's the same for me. I think when people first see it that it's probably like the milk's quite interesting and 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 it, it, when I first started it, it was quite unusual to see that kind of shot. I think a lot of people are doing it now um but um but yeah I, I certainly think um, for me it's all about the people in it and the um um like you know, and, and the great variety of people I know, I think you know, I'm lucky to know like all kinds of different people, and I think that's like the great joy of life, really, for me. So um, that's why I wanted to celebrate them.
0: Amazing! And let's just sort of take a step back and and talk about um, your tech setup for a minute. I mean, what what are you shooting on? What's your favorite lens? What what what's do uh, we find in your hands if you come to your studio?
1: Well, if like my, my main camera is a Canon EOS Five D Mark Four. Um, and I know they've kind of phased it out, they, they're going all mirrorless, but I actually just bought another one so I can have, when, when mine breaks, I've got a few more years of this camera. Uh, just because I think it's just such a great workhorse, And they, they always last like way longer than they're supposed to, you know, the shutter count and everything. Um, and it's just really, really versatile and um, so kind of good for any kind of photographer, I think really, that I do. Um, and, you know, it's quite weatherproof, it's quite rugged, and um, I quite like the weight of it as well, which I don't think you get really with the mirrorless ones so much. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I'm kind of gutted that they're phasing out the mirror DSLRs, to be honest. Um, and my favorite lens, I think the the one that, it's not like it's my favorite, but I think the most versatile and useful general day-to-day lens for what I do is the 70-200 ef L. Um, 2.8 mark two god that's very technical isn't
0: it it's <laughs> yeah. good that's good why, why do you why would you prefer to shoot with a longer lens as opposed to seeing you know the standard sort of portrait 50
1: mil lens did i say 70 i meant 24 to 70 sorry that's
0: all right it's all right so um, yeah 24 to 70 so same. you like that versatility
1: um i like the versatility it's basically for the portrait kind of range that i shoot and, and also for landscapes and stuff if i'm on holiday it's, re- it's quite wide at the wide end on a full frame sensor. And it's, um, and you can get, a, you know, it's, it's just really, really good um, quality glasses on well. sort of for portraits. It's, I, I just, it's really nice to be able to have that depth of field control as well with a wide maximum aperture. That, um, you yeah, know, it'd be great if it was even wider. <laughs> but I think it just, it, it's just a beautiful lens. It takes really good pictures and you can kind of control the, um, I hate to say this word, bokeh, but um but you know it's like it's it's got pretty good um you know um a, a very shallow depth of field which I really love to shoot with for yeah. portraits.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. So your sort of general lighting setup, do you prefer to use um artificial light or do you um, you know, sort of favor natural light? I mean if you could choose, which would you choose between the two?
1: Um if I could choose, I would always go for natural light. I just think, you know, God or whoever is up there does the best lighting you know <laughs> but um unfortunately because of where I live I have to use artificial light but i um I do like it I love studio lighting and there's a lot you can do with it and sort of creatively and um and and it means you don't have to depend on the weather and stuff and like you know um so i I use like Ellen chrome I actually use the ELB 500 it's a portable unit uh but I use it in my studio too it's, it's it's really good it's powerful enough for what i need it for you know awesome um
0: and, and what's the next sort of six to you know 12 months looking like for you uh stewart well where do you want to go with your photography what are the next sort of big projects
1: on your radar um so i think within like for the next year or so i'm going to be trying to finish these well at least the milk project um uh, yeah it's going to be at least a year before because I've, I've got to um not only finish shooting it, uh, I've also got to go through every shoot, choose my favourite shot, get permission from the person in it to use it, and then um, and then try. I've got to try and raise, you know, probably like sixty grand to do the just to print the shots for the ex- exhibition. So that's going to be quite a, a mission, you know. Um, and then finding a space that's big enough and nice to put it on, and um, kind of uh, doing all the publicity and stuff. So that's going to. It's probably going to be maybe more than a year, actually. Um, Did you say
0: 60K? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's 400 prints, and it's like, what, 150 quid each print. Oh, my it's God. It's something like that. I'm not very good at math. <laughs> no, no,
0: that, that, I mean, that, that sort of does show up how much investment a photographer has to make if they do want to exhibit their work properly. You know, sort of, yeah, we can all sort of put stuff online. That's fine. But to make that jump, which you, you are doing... Uh, and to you know properly get your art out there in front of people you know in a show in a gallery there's a lot of sacrifice there's a lot of huge investment before you make anything back
1: yeah i mean it's never really been about money i'm the the worst businessman on the planet (laughs) it's it's always just about the people in the photos really and um but i think just for me it'd be really uh, the the feeling of actually completing a project i don't think um It'll only be complete in my eyes when when the prints are on a wall and people are seeing them. You know, um, I, I think that's going to be the main satisfaction—just to like, just to have it done, um, and and hopefully people will like it. But if, you know, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> of course, of course.
0: Well, I mean, this, this podcast is called Adventures in Aperture, and and you've been on quite an adventure. What what's what's that adventure taught you about photography, and what would be the advice that you would offer to others who, who are perhaps going on a on a similar sort of journey
1: um well I'm always learning you know, I think the best thing about photography is that you never know everything and you're always learning and I I think if I ever stopped learning I'd get very bored very quickly you know so um but I think I think probably the main the main thing I I've um learned I I've learned how to communicate with people I think quite well and um and and I and I've also learned how to see things in a really beautiful way. So um, before I was into photography, I could just walk past sort of a walk through a garden full of flowers, not notice its beauty. You know, even sort of through a city and like the brick walls and so I I I just notice things now that I never noticed before. That I just think I think there's beauty everywhere, and um, and also I I think every every human is beautiful. Like every single person is beautiful. And it's like I never really would have thought about that before I was a photographer, you know. And, um, and I think the, the great joy for me is being able to show them that because not everyone sees themselves in that way. And if you can, um, if you can get someone to see that for the first time, that's like the greatest sort of um, it's the best feeling I've ever known, you know. And, it, and it's happened a few times now. And it's, it's just that's the great reward for me. Um,
0: Brilliant. So where where can people see your work? Do you want, <coughs> you want to give us a bit of a shout out for your socials and? maybe sort of direct people to where they can see your imagery?
1: Oh, oh yeah, thanks. Um, so um, main, I suppose mainly it's Instagram uh, at the moment. Uh, I made a website in one day and never updated it since. So I'm going to have to try and update that <laughs> at some point. But um, but um, yeah, my Instagram is just um, Stuart Bywater. And then you can find a link to the Milk Milk account through that. Although I should say that that one's private at the moment. Um, and I, I, I'll make it public closer to the launch of the exhibition but um but um it's um but my main one's public so people can see some of my portraits and um that kind of thing on there
0: awesome awesome Stuart. it's been an absolute pleasure thanks so much for joining me
1: thank you so much for having me it's so nice to talk to you again and um, and I'm honored to be part of your podcast so thank you for inviting me